and we are back for the last hour, 1991. There will be several more hours after this, I'm sure, but, you know, that's what the movie's called. Let's have a look at the, the quicker plot. A former cop's ex-wife marries a stockbroker who, it turns out, cheated the mafia out of a large sum of money. Fucking stockbrokers. <laughs> They kidnap the wife to force the husband to pay the money back. The ex-cop has to rescue her. Okay, that sounds much better than that fucking bullshit we watched before this. uh, Alright then, let's trio... What rhymes with trio that I can use as a trio? This Heyo, let's trio. And we got a catchphrase. Pick up on those cool jazz sounds. You're listening to the sound of jazz. William Sachs there. The Sax With the music man. of his namesake. Playing the song of his people. Smooth jazz, man. I mean, it's funny. It brings to mind Lethal Weapon right away with that like, <laughs> jazz music stuff, which just makes me reminds me of Mel Gibson, which just makes me angry. <laughs> but Danny Trio got an also appearing credit, like right at the top of the bill. Yes. Eh? So he he was top of the B team, which is not too shabby. It's not a bad place to be, especially when the A team are such fucking dorks. Like they're wearing, <laughs> like they're wearing this thing. Okay, so that was not a good movie, was it? I don't know. It was really boring at the beginning. Like it just, was pretty it dragged boring. There was the bits through. where I was struggling to keep my eyes open because it just took a long time to get going. Once it actually got going, and it turned into like I wouldn't even call it the poor man's diehard. I call it the homeless person's diehard. <laughs> like, it was wasn't not even. It's not worth putting the same sentence as Die Hard, but it was very much just the same plot beats and everything. Like they guy. wanted to make Die Hard. Didn't yeah. They? A guy going through vents, taking a lot of elevator trips just to... Uh, so many elevators. Yeah, they're just... And just. But the premise sounded so much better than the actual thing. Do you, do you agree with that? Like, yeah, like... Uh, it seemed like there was a lot of potential I could play with there. Like a uh, a woman who marries a stockbroker also it, happens to... Yeah, in, to in my mind, that movie was like nerdy stockbroker and like handsome man cop go on a quest about the the city of LA to uncover leads and yeah. get back the wife and they fight mobsters they and they throw punches thing, yeah. and then he's getting beat up by a big muscle guy while the nerd guy's standing in the background and then the super handsome cop's like what are you doing shoot him and he's like I never fired a gun before and he's punched him he's like oh great now I gotta do all this but like it just started with them both just yeah. having this weird relationship straight off the bat and then them just both teaming up and them both shooting everybody it starts everybody. out like the was... two of them are going you, you, you're you basically thrown in in the middle of basically the climax of the movie and we were sitting there watching it going this is the, the ending what the fuck's going on here this is like very much this is a climactic moment and then it cuts to 12 hours earlier and then to there's a another very kind fucking, of climax there was a very yeah, awkward yeah, yeah, yeah. sex scene it was like there's some tummy was out in the room shit going on but luckily <laughs> but very very luckily Danny Trio is head head gunman in the awkward sex scene attack squad, <laughs> and he was just his just awkward sh- sex scene attack squad. Bad name called him. <laughs> him and a bunch of other colorful characters are just there to just show up, ruin the sex scene, and kidnap the guy's wife while he's swimming. Yeah. Which, by the way, they do this big noisy kidnapping scene, which the guy is heard 
obviously had, even though he's going underwater and stuff. And then uh, his wife, whose name's Susan, I remembered the names this time, um, gets kidnapped, and then her ex-husband shows up, say hey, it's our anniversary, which is fucking creepy by itself. I mean, how long have they not been together for, and he's still giving her presents for her anniversary and stuff? They do, and then he shows up, and the stockbroker just pops out and is like oh I was just swimming oh yeah she's been kidnapped I just had a quick dip afterwards okay so that is the plot but we do yeah. need to talk about the sex scenes yeah because you, you say sex scene you think oh yeah it's just a naked guy on top of a lady covering her bits giving her the old you know public thrust which is the belly button thrust if you will <laughs> but it's not it's like all the bits that you need to see there. You got your tits, you got your boobs, you got a shirt that's just tit. <laughs> you got the man sucking the nipple, which is always good. You got the and the silk sheets there where the smooth jazz plays. That was some romantic ass action, is what that was. Very erotic. It was awkward though. I mean, yeah, for the, right for in the, the middle of like, you're expecting this buddy comedy cop thing, and then all of a sudden they're just like Cinemax popping up all over the screen. <laughs> It's jarring. It's it's. <laughs> it's set a tone of of sexual exploits that were not lived up to in the rest of the film. The actual title for it was erotic thriller. Erotic. And apparently that's what Shannon Tweed, who plays Susan, is was known for. Yeah, if you look at her IMDb, like everything after this is just like pictures of body parts in the poster. You know what yeah. I mean? It's just hair with a gun, hair with a knife, hair with someone else with a gun, and she just makes these fucking tip movies <laughs> softcore erotic action whatever you call them erotic thriller not the, not chicks with Wikipedia guns says. not gun uh, like like I was saying like um, that movie we watched guns that, that was uh, that was a tits and bullets what did they call it tits and guns tits and guns boobs and bullets whatever you will like that was on, like what it said it was, was boobs and guns that but was, it, it, it was entertaining that. that was a huge amount of sensation with no fucking context to it it's like I felt insulted having to watch that but you know I understood it <laughs> I, I, I I rooted for the characters I don't know what they were doing or what they, they were, were just achieve. running around shooting guns having boobs <laughs> they were having a great time and I was having a great time watching them as opposed to this it's just these two mismatched fellas who got along very well in yeah. some narky elevator scenes it was there's fucking a lot boring. of elevator scenes it's like um so basically the point is the stockbroker used to be married into the mob and was a bit of a mob stockbroker. Is there any other kind? Am I right? Am I right, internet? And the mob, or the, the son of the mob boss, a guy named John Lombardi. See, I wrote all these names down. He uh, he basically kills his dad and tries to frame uh, the stockbroker for it. So, so to that end, he kidnapped his wife to try and, you know, lure him into a death trap. Okay. And... Uh, he does he does all this through a lot of backlit ex exposition. But he's a very white guy in a very light coloured suit against hard. a giant massive fucking spotlight and he just looks like Casper the Friendly Ghost given this chilling mob speech. They lean hard on the nineties uh, white spotlight thing. Like yeah. everything's got this it looks like it's a helicopter hanging overhead. It's you hard tell- to watch because you can hardly see what's going on. And you can you know, tell it's basically made in, in the studio and they just do some boxes to make it look like it was a... Another problem. A you could not, you can hardly see what's going on. You could hardly hear it either. Yeah. There was no boom mics in this whole fucking movie, was there? Was, the dialogue was very hushed and it quiet. It was very quiet and there was just no sound picking up apart from like the uh, the big fucking foley art sounds of guns being fired and it just got dead loud all of a sudden. Like, there, were, there was one bit where you could... like they, 
put in the sound effect of bullet casings bouncing off yeah. stuff you could hear that stuff better than the actual friggin dialogue but what dialogue do you need really I mean just two two dudes doing a it, there should have been some, some good and, back and forth banter in there between those two guys but there, there never could was have been. there never was but um, there was such a level of the humour that could have been in there but instead it was just like the uh, mob boss junior just ranting and raving yeah. for 20 minutes like it, it cut away from him and cut back to him like three times and he had a yeah. different part of his I'm a bad guy rant he was going on yeah. about and the thing that I love about it he basically gets the mob boss gets all of his henchmen up onto the roof of this building with all their guns and stuff and they're right Joey, take her down to the basement. Fucking why? <laughs> I was just there. So that there. begins with one of the many, many elevator trips in this movie that make so up the bulk of this movie. <laughs> There's so many trips in an elevator. So he sends her down with his creepiest henchman who just does the Vic Reeves trouser rubbing thing. <laughs> and it's like, you know, this, it was funny when Vic Reeves did it because, you know, everyone's having a laugh and having a good time. That's just, you know, it's not even awkward or even erotic. It's just fucking something no human being would ever do in any circumstance whatsoever <laughs> he was like literally licking his lips yeah. at her as well he was playing that very odd Harvey Weinstein would see that and say that's a bit creepy <laughs> and then she like she got away from him by punching him in the dick yeah, not kneeing f- him in the dick or no, kicking him in the dick she came off it's like she- he's got a gun and with her bare hand she kicks the fuck out of him which I thought was quite I enjoyed that the fact that she's not just some shrieking damsel in distress who's just gonna take this shit lying down she just like fights back and stuff and she gets rescued by the hunky cop ex-husband whose name was Jeff. Wrote all these names down. They basically he drags her up to the to the to the roof and sort of like, oh, we got to go out this way. And she falls, just like trips and falls right back to where she started from. And the only good thing I could say for this movie is the fact that a lot of the plot points were around people fucking up stuff, <laughs> which is like, yeah, I can understand that. I appreciate and that. Rather than like hunky cop man just shooting the creepy creepy guy and just li- rescuing her again he's like yeah gotta take a piss and <laughs> walks up, leaves her to it he is not a good guy whatsoever and he keeps making these stupid fucking inappropriate quips I mean John McClane got, got away with it because he's uh, like you know on his own against all these people and he's using the, the quips to keep himself sane in this horrible situation and also to intimidate his enemies this guy is a legitimate psychopath he shoots a guy in like in front of a white in front of like a white screen and covers it with his blood or a canvas and he's yeah, like because there's loads of art like, around ah, for this some might reason. be my best work and it's like fucking hell you psycho where does your mind go there bounced around there aren't we yeah we're not, we're not really going through because it's, it's not really a lot of plot it's basically they go in the lift uh, there's a gunfight happens That's and they go back so in the lift it's so hard to think of the plot because there was that many lift scenes like why were they going up and down so goddamn much with the same fucking like the shot of the, the same shot of them switch, pulling the switch <laughs> so, like, and you get, you get after the fourth or fifth time you get fucking sick of seeing that switch just... well there's like there's a point halfway through where they just start actually doing some interesting stuff with the camera like they go like behind like the creepy rapey dude for like a, like a hitman shot yeah and then it's like one in front of him as well and like this, oh this is interesting this is different and they and employ the weird lighting to make some things happen there but like none of it is like serving Not, none, none of it is like remarkable it's just they've made an effort to do something a bit different fair play to them it just didn't save the movie though I think the entire shot the, the only three scenes they had was like generic fucking warehouse the lift mm-hmm. and then the penthouse bit at the top there's literally no other scenes whatsoever so everything took place in one of these three places so it's literally you're watching you're basically watching them um, 
go up the lift, have a shootout, step back into a oh, creepy warehouse, then step into a, the same lift, go to another creepy warehouse, have a gunfight, back into the lift. It just drains on you. But after a while, I just kind of a switch started getting pulled in my brain. Ironically, considering there's a lot of switching going on. But um, and I thought this is actually quite funny. I mean, it's not good, but it's it's it was entertaining. A lot of gun gun sounds and flashing lights that held my attention for a while. No, no, it didn't work for me. I didn't didn't like anyone in it apart from Danny Trejo, obviously. I don't like. Wasn't enthralled by any part of the story. No. No, but Danny Two Trejo played a guy by the name of Spider, and yes. his gimmick because all the henchmen henchmen had a gimmick or kind of. You had the creepy rapey dude. You had uh, one who was a woman. That was and that's gimmick. pretty much it. And you had the cre- <laughs> and you have Danny Trejo. That's pretty much it. But then you kind of recognise these people, except for that one henchman they just bring in out of nowhere. Yeah, and then well, kill him straight away. Yeah. He's the one who gets canvassed. <clears throat> but Danny Trio's gimmick, or Spider's gimmick, was that he steals watches and chains and jewellery off anyone who dies and stuff, which I kind of enjoyed. He's <laughs> like, what the fuck's he going to use it for now? <laughs> so Danny Trio in this movie... It's the most we've seen him in anything. What time did he appear in? He showed up at 5 minutes and 35 seconds... And what time did he lasted he... a good he lasted an hour and eight minutes an hour and eight minutes well done Danny so uh, it's the longest he's been in anything. yeah he didn't have a lot of lines but he had some lines he had a presence he was, as well he, he had, had a new a presence, who he was. exactly yeah he, he was part of the story there he got a cool death and, a, and an intro and a name yeah. that's all you can ask for really and a gimmick <laughs> And you remember that, so that's that's a good a good sign for uh, this having some actual machetes awarded to it, I guess. Right? Yeah, it's a sign of like Danny Trio being more of a respected actor by this point because he was not getting um, this is like him getting la- la- like lines in the movie stuff to do. Mm-hmm. He's and not like, nameless named thug. the head of the B team. Like he's also <laughs> the top of the the uh, also appearing. That's not nothing. That's that's mm-hmm. he must be making a living doing this by this point. And he uh, did okay in the role there. Just uh, his job was to look mean and fire a gun, and he did <laughs> look mean and fire. And he looked fire like the he gun. knew how to handle a gun as well, because yeah. he was like he wasn't just firing it blindly like a knobhead. He's like leaning. He's into like holding it holding it in to yeah. deal with the recoil, which I thought was quite good. There's a weird bit where both Danny Trejo and Hunky Jeff the Cutman get shirtless, which I <laughs> thought was a bit jarring. <laughs> So I'm sure who this movie was for. Like, <laughs> you've got you show like a, a woman, a naked woman, like all over the place. It's like, uh, get get all the adolescent teenage boys into this, and then throw a hunky shirtless dude at them just to fits for everybody. Up, you know, maybe it's be them being progressive because they had a female hench person, so that's you know more than you can say for a lot of movies. But and a female lead who didn't just stand there and shriek for an hour. That's... But she did get her tits sucked in the first scene. Yeah. So. <laughs> But she also kicked the shit out of a, an armed man and also killed a dude. I mean, it's a long fucking, a long, 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 long way away from uh, Ripley and Alien. That's the only one I could think of. <laughs> um, long way from like Ripley, but still, it's you know it's a sign of the times getting maybe slightly better for people. I mean, it didn't get much better for cinema. Like it, <clears> the only <throat> thing I said, like it had that nineties lighting. It didn't have. Well, yeah, it had the bits of the sax music, but not as much as we had. Like some of the weird avant music they were using in the middle there, which was very jarring. They were experimenting with stuff. They were trying different I, stuff. The, I, I just wish they would have tried yeah. something different with the story, because you know they had this idea of, oh, this is going to be like a, a what, like a 
sex thriller or whatever they call it erotic thriller, er- erotic thriller yeah I, I just enjoy saying that just but, a, but then like, they, they had to like throw in some like jokes in the dialogue and the jokes didn't land and like the story was just all over the eric place eric the stockbroker and eric just kept jeff the beefcake on. just seemed to just get on really well for guys who were fighting over the same woman and at one point they literally have a fight over it while two of the hen- while danny trio and another of the henchmen are shooting at them and they're like, hey, we're trying to have a conversation over here. <laughs> Is that when like the the fighting and like he punches like they he start fighting each other and he punches him through a wall <laughs> while a... they're being chased by henchers? Like, priorities, the time and a place for this shit. Ugh, but like, again, like if it was just like the whole thing was like mismatched dudes trying to rescue someone, like, and then a fight happens in the middle, that would have been great. That would have been classic. Like uh, that would have been enjoyable, but they got along too well for that to happen out of nowhere. Yeah. What I thought was weird about the whole thing was after... Spoiler alert if you're not planning on watching this, by the way. Um, Save them the time. Eric the Stockbroker Man gets unfortunately shot. Well, say unfortunately. It's, you know, depends on how you feel about the guy. I had no feelings whatsoever. Which but, is um, the worst thing you can say yeah, about a main character in a movie. He said no presence whatsoever. He, he was there, just said some lines and got killed. Uh, he dies and uh, his wife is just... Holds her, holds him in her arms and weeps over him. Ten minutes later, she's hooking up with Hunky Jeff Man. Uh, I was like, that's, you, you didn't wait long, be, did you? You can't afford to be single in, in the nineties with all that, you know, uh, grunge. Kirk will swoop in on a helicopter and just take you away to a fucking crack. She man. has an open marriage with fucking Gene Simmons. She can bank whoever she wants. Yeah, yeah not not judging it, but it's like seems quite quite jarring that like. She was so upset about a dead husband. Well, better hook up with this guy. He's literally here. He's the she, the first man. It's like baby ducks. Like the first, <laughs> you print on the first person they see. Yeah. So that's pretty much that movie summed up, really, isn't it? Yeah. Um, oh, also, um, the entire thing was about a ransom for the, to get him oh, to okay. in there about the ransom. And John Lombardi, the mobster, had three million dollars. He was running away with. Jeff Beefcake just launches it off the roof and it's like that's three you've been established pretty firmly as a working class blue collar guy who might be you know have the lingering effects of psychopathy and stuff but <laughs> he could probably use three million dollars who, who wouldn't but he just lets that shit go so he can rescue his wife which is meant to make him look more sympathetic but she's actually also married to someone else and he's been creepily giving her anniversary gifts for how fucking knows long yeah, like, he didn't really come across as a good character uh, either he's just like annoying in his weird arms he just like had like action man arms and a normal person body worked out his glamour muscles not his, uh, not his core freaked me out man so also he flashes his back ple- the police eventually turn up <laughs> at the end you know typical American show I mean, up and, show up and the they... fighting's done oh Ben and uh they just show up like hey what's going on there in their police helicopter he's like it's okay I'm a cop and they don't say what's with all the fucking corpses why are part of that building on fire why have you got an assault rifle they're like okay mate and then they fly off again no wonder they hate the cops (laughs) (laughs) yeah I didn't enjoy that movie I actually did I thought it was funny I didn't think it was good but Mm. I thought it was like earnest they were trying really hard to do something different and it failed and I enjoyed watching it. I enjoyed watching their failure as I sipped my brandy. (laughs) It's like, if you're doing something to intentionally be shit, like some of the Sharknado movies are intentionally trying to be Mm -hmm. like camp and stuff, it doesn't quite work that well. But if you're genuinely, like The Room, he's genuinely trying to make whatever he was genuinely trying to make, (laughs) who knows. But it comes across as entertaining because he was trying his best to do it and it's just funny. I'd I'd recommend watching it. Oh, I wouldn't. Fuck no. Give it a go. (laughs) It's... 
not great. It's got more problems than it's got solutions, but I had, I had fun watching it. <laughs> okay, what about machete rating then? Maybe one and a half. One and a half. Oof, even for such a Danny Trio heavy thing. If they'd have made Danny Trejo the hunky cop guy, <laughs> that'd have been a whole different movie. That'd have been five machetes. I would have watched that. I'd have... Well, maybe one day we'll get that. In the 300 plus entries, maybe that one will show up. I know for a fact he's done something similar to this at one point. He must have done. What's well, next on the trio agenda? Okay, let's have a look. What is next on the trio agenda? Next on the trio agenda. 1991, there was a lot of stuff going on. Got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven entries there. Is that, that bad. Is that a movie called Haw? And that's what we're going to watch next. <laughs> oh my god. Haw, where he plays a tattoo artist. Okay, let's have a look He's at He's out of prison at least. Let's have a little summary for this. It's a drama. Yay, more fun there. What happened to all like, the fun fucking movies with like Bronson hating people that were different and shooting Where's guns? the Midnight Thud? <laughs> I never thought I'd say this, but I miss Charles Bronson, man. Okay. The prostitute Liz works on the streets of Los Angeles. She recalls her life in flashbacks. I fucking hate flashback narrative device uh. movies. When she marries an alcoholic man, she leaves him with their son. Then she works as a waitress in a diner until the day a man introduces her to prostitution. Oh, fuck, here we go. She, there, then... Then she works. Later, she is raped by at least five men, oh and the pimp God. Blake protects her. Protects us in quotation marks. Liz tries to escape from Blake and befriends prostitute Kate. However, Blake chases her on the streets. She befriends the homeless Rasta uh, that helps her when she needs. This sounds just uncomfortable. Like a just choppy to melodrama. Yeah, this mm. is pseudo documentary style as well. Eh? Lovely. Yeah, this isn't going to be fun. I'm not looking forward to this. <laughs> this is one of those we've got to power through. We'll get to Machete one day. <laughs> Machete's great. I can't even see anyone in the cast that I like. No, nobody's. But if they cut around, like if they, you know, it's in flashbacks, they can just like go. Oh, and then I was raped by five guys because I don't want to see that. So yeah, that is unfortunately the next movie on the Danny Trio Fan <coughs> yeah. Podcast. We're sorry in advance. Oh, we apologise, but hey, at least you don't have to watch it. But thanks, Danny Trio. Thank uh, you, good Danny good Trio. work there, man.